Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Good morning. It is the 21st of July, 2022. I'm Chris Lynch, and this is the Cape League Roundup podcast. Let's get started with kind of the funkiest game of the uh, Cape League season. Almost entirely down to it wasn't played on Cape. In fact, it wasn't played anywhere close. It was played in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> this isn't the first time that they've done this, uh, where they've taken the league on the road and they've uh, just shown off that, hey, look how cool our league is that we get to go play in minor league ballparks, which I must say that is actually a pretty good flex and pretty good bit of promotion for, uh, for this league. But, you know, uh, it's a bit of a interesting spot for teams to travel that far it's three hours from uh from from where i am in brewster all the way out to hartford so that's not a short drive for the hyannis or yd folks either uh final score in this one the hyannis harbor hawks play the yd red sox and thump them nine to three they're up nine to nothing by the end of the third inning and actually during the bottom of the third the game was delayed because it was hot sure you don't need me to remind you about the heat wave that's uh, burning through the country right now, but uh, it was impressive that they were able to uh, work their way through and be um, and be able to play in temperatures where it was just like, it was legitimately like 95, 96 degrees in Hartford. Friendly reminder that the Cape has kind of different temperature patterns, almost entirely down to we're a big old giant sandbar that happens to sit in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So we get stuff that's a little bit different out here. So it's in the 90s in Connecticut. It's pretty hot in Boston as well. It's much cooler out here on Cape. So it's just it's just different. Uh, the scoring, I mean, like the first inning alone is really what flipped the game for Hyannis, where they did every single thing that they wanted to. Uh, Dominic Patelli brought home the first run with a bases-loaded walk that brought home Mitchell Jeb. Christian Moore um, had a single, moved up on a throw that brought home Pancho Ruiz and Cole McConnell home. And Riku Nishida had a single that brought home um, Dominic Moore. They tried to, uh, Dominic Patelli, they tried to get Christian Moore home for what would have been the uh, fifth run of that inning, but just didn't work out so uh, it ends they have to only settle for four runs in the first time at bat oh no however will you recover and i'll just get those two runs in the next inning uh aided by an error by yd's uh defense yd committed two errors in this in this game so that part's kind of tough they give up nine runs eight of them are earned the loss goes to their starter, Eric Yost, from Northeastern. He throws the first inning and a third with six runs, five of them earned, and five hits and three walks. This was absolutely his weakest outing on Cape to uh, this point. Mitchell Jeb with three hits and three runs scored. Mike Sirota with two hits and two runs scored. Uh, multiple runs batted in for Moore, the left fielder from Tennessee. Uh, he looked real solid. Uh, over the course of this game. So, yeah, the offense really did their job. The win goes to Zachary Volker from Cal State Long Beach. Throws uh, one inning, 
gives up one walk and one strikeout. That goes over pretty well, but I personally think you should have given the win to Austin Strickland from Kentucky, who throws the middle four innings with three hits, no uh, no runs, one walk, and five and four strikeouts. That's personally who I would have gone with for getting the victory in this one, but you know, I, I clearly don't make those decisions. I'm not an official Cape League score. Uh, three final runs come across in the third. YD gets not shut out. They score two runs in the seventh, one in the eighth. And that's kind of it, ultimately. So uh, that's a needed win for Hyannis to stay in the lead in the West. They are now at 42 points with an 18-10-6 record. They've won their last two in a row. They are 6-3-1 in their last 10 games. Uh, YD, 5-2-3 in their last 10 games. They're still in pretty good position. They are seven points clear for first place in the East at 17-10-7, but that's not a good loss. That's actually a really tough loss, especially since Brewster might do offense. I know, it's very strange to uh, to be saying that. But yeah, the Whitecaps were able to hang a seven spot on Orleans. They even as a team hit three home runs. I know it was weird. Uh, all Whitecaps fans were really happy to see it. And all Firebirds fans were like, no, do that against Harwich, not against us, no. <laughs> anyway, so um, uh, the final in this game works out to be 7-1. Uh, three home runs got hit by the Whitecaps. Cam Fisher hit one. Kevin Keister from Maryland hit one. And Davis Diaz from Vanderbilt hit one. The win goes to George Welch from Southern New Hampshire. He throws one inning. He strikes out two of the three guys he faces and got the other guy out. The starter in this game, Matthew Bedford from Notre Dame, really pitched really well. Four innings, two hits, no walks, and four strikeouts. He did his job phenomenally well, so uh, yeah, good work for him. Uh, the loss goes to Gray Harrison from McLennan Community College. He's transferring to Oklahoma. He throws the first three and a third, gives up three hits, two runs, two walks, and three strikeouts. It's Honestly, I've seen worse outings on Cape, but, you know, when the other side is blanking you for almost eight innings, that's just one one rough inning where stuff just doesn't really work for you is going to cause a lot of problems. And that's a needed win for Brewster. They're now only 3-6-1 and one in their last 10 games. They had been really scuffling. They get back to an even 500 record. They are at 14-14-6 for 34 points. Four points clear of Orleans for second place in the East. And YD sitting at 41 points. Brewster is just seven points back. So it's not totally out of range yet for Brewster to try and compete for the top spot in the division, but they would have to really catch fire down the stretch in order to do so. Had one really good offensive game, and we continue with the decisive wins by going over to Wareham. And noting that Chatham is not dead yet. Uh, in fact, more than not dead, I don't think we're going to, we might not get someone who knocks them out ultimately, actually. Um, Chatham wins 11 to 2. I'll give you, over Wareham, I'll give you one positive for the Gate Men. Their lights work. You know, they started this game at 6 p.m. and they played a full nine inning game that took three hours and 23 minutes. And, you know, they, their lights work. That's really nice. You know, that that's something that you couldn't have said a few days ago about this team. But, um, 
Yeah, that's all the positives I've got. Uh, doubles for Riggio, Ingram, Engel, and Rubenstein. Uh, Rubenstein also got hit by a pitch in this game. This was pretty decisive. Cooper Engel had three hits and scored two runs. Worth noting also is that the defense in this game for Wareham was atrocious. 11 runs got piled up for the A's, and only six of them were earned, spread across four errors committed. That's terrible. And also, uh, the worst offender is their shortstop, Blake Wright from Clemson, who committed three of those four errors. That's, um, that's rough, buddy. Uh, here's hoping that you don't have another game like that one. That's just that's just rough. The loss goes to Jacob Cravey, who threw the first three innings. He gave up four runs, only one of them earned. He gave up two hits, walked three, struck out two. This was a case of everything not working. Roman Kimball gets the win for Chatham from Notre Dame. He throws the first five innings. As, uh, he gives up two hits, walks four, strikes out six. The walk total in this game is a little disquieting. Everything else is fantastic. In fact, in 12 innings thrown, he has yet to give up a run of any kind. Chatham has maybe found some people who kind of know what they're doing, which is really encouraging for Chatham and really discouraging for Harwich. Why do I say that? Because, well, quick look at uh, Chatham's spot in the standings. 10, 17, and 7. Wareham, by the way, is just crumbling. They're 1, 6, and 3. In their last 10 games, they have lost their last two straight. They're now five back of Falmouth, and everything is coming unglued for the Wareham Gatemen at the present moment. Meanwhile, Harwich, who played the only, what ended up being the only close game in the Cape last night, they, um, yeah, they lost. They committed three more errors. They lost 6-5 to five against the Falmouth Commodores. They gave up five runs in the fourth inning alone, and, well, everything just, uh, kind of is disintegrating around them. The loss goes to Carlson Reed from West Virginia, who just has a really rough outing, throws just two innings in relief, gives up five hits and six runs with five walks and four strikeouts. That's, again, that's rough, buddy. The win goes to the last guy who saw action for Falmouth, Nolan Moore from Lafayette College from Colebrook, Connecticut. He throws an inning and a third. He gives up uh, no hits, no runs, no uh, no walks and one strikeout. He does his job, and the save goes to Levi Wells, who from Texas State, he does his job very well. He throws one clean inning. He uh, strikes one guy out, faces three batters, and gets the other two of them out on not strikes, and that is a good win for Falmouth. They are now five points clear of Wareham for the final spot. In the Western playoffs, they've won their last three games in a row. They're only three points back of Bourne. They could conceivably jump the Bravos in the standings. Like That's not out of the realm of possibility at this point in time. Uh, Harwich is trending in very much the wrong direction. They, they lost this game, of course. They are now just one point above a surging Chatham at 11-17-6. and six. 28 points. They are 5-4 and one. That's not going very well, so you wonder if they'll be able to spin their way out of this, or if they'll be able to come up with a response. 
We end our day with a look at the Katuit Cataliers beating the Bourne Braves. Uh, the win ends up going to Cam Schulke from Northwood University. Uh, yes, that is a real place. I didn't know that that was a thing. They're a D2 school in uh, Midland, Michigan, which uh, that's part of the Saginaw Midland Bay City Micropolitan Statistical Area. It is like right in central Michigan, right where you know where the main thing looks like a mitten. It's right at the uh, uh, opening of the thumb into one of the legs. Anyway, so Shulky throws the last four and two-thirds innings with three hits given up, three walks, four strikeouts. He's really good at the back end of this game. The loss goes to Bryce Cunningham from Vanderbilt. Three and two-thirds, six hits, five runs, all of them earned, two walks, and three strikeouts. Again, that's kind of rough. So it's a good win for Katuit. They stay just one point back of Hyannis for first place in the West. Bourne, they're now five points back of Katuit after the loss. So they're now just going to try and make sure that they don't slip behind the surging Commodores. They're only three points ahead of them. They are still six and four in their last 10, which, you know, you're still happy with that. You're still in striking distance and you're building momentum going into the playoffs in which anything can happen, but you don't want to be giving away games like that. Uh, Four runs in the third inning, no errors committed by Bourne, one committed by Katuit. It's an interesting way for this game to work itself out, but like it's still, it's a good one for Katuit. It's a rough loss for Bourne. And uh, everyone moves on to the Thursday games, at which we will have actually the second place team in the West, Katuit, facing the first place team in the East, YD. Except YD actually gets to, you know, play on an actual Cape site. So they get to play an actual home game, which is very nice for them. Harrison Cohen is the probable for Katuit from GW. He has thrown uh, four innings his last time out against Brewster, got the win in that one. He has a 2.36 ERA in seven games, six of them starts in 26 and two-thirds innings, has struck out 20 and walked eight. He's been pretty good. You just uh, hope to make sure that he's got a little bit more in the tank for you. Drew Dowd from Stanford is the probable for YD, has made two appearances, has given up one run across five and two-thirds, eight strikeouts, two walks, and four hits. That's pretty good. So you, you just hope to make sure that he's, you know, able to give you starters innings. Next up, we move over to the Harwich-Brewster game. It will be Luke Banesh going for the Mariners from Simsbury, Connecticut, originally from Lafayette College, or I should say he attends Lafayette, he's originally from Simsbury, um, has had kind of a rough go of it. This will be his first start. Uh, 675 is his ERA so far, two games played. He did get the win against Brewster the last time he faced him. Four Ks in eight batters faced, did give up two hits, did give up two runs, both of them earned, and so the uh, the Caps are going to hope for a better outcome against him. Ryan Yer from Oklahoma State is the probable for Brewster, and he's made one start so far. It didn't go that great. He threw three innings against YD in a 3-0 loss. He gave up all three of the runs, uh, walked two, struck out two, gave up five hits. So you just are curious to see if you're going to be able to get a better start. He was a very productive reliever, but with 
all of the starting pitchers who have left, you're looking at that and going, you need to start figuring out how you want your starting rotation to line up. So Coach Jamie Shevchik and the uh, the staff there are hoping that they can get some real starters innings out of him. Next up, Hyannis and Falmouth. Jackson Bomeister is the probable for Hyannis. He has looked pretty good. Uh, he, he threw four innings of two-run ball against Chatham in a win his last time out. Struck out six, walked three. So they're hoping that he's got more. And Chase Jeter is going for Falmouth. Originally from Sacred Heart, he's transferring to Bryant. He looked really good his last time out. Four innings with six hits and four strikeouts against Bourne. He pitched his way through some jams, but he's managed to look really, really good. Hasn't given up more than one earned run in any of the outings that he has thrown so far this season. So uh, 162 ERA, he's hoping that he can continue that success, but he's got a much tougher opponent in the Highness Harbor Hawks. One other game at 6 o'clock, Wareham and Bourne. Jason Woodward is the probable for the Gatemen from Florida Gulf Coast. He's been rough. He had a really good outing against Brewster his first go. Ever since then, he has given up a minimum of three earned runs every game. Three against Hyannis, four at Ketuit, five at Hyannis, and three at Harwich, a fourth which was unearned as well. So you just kind of hope that he's got more in his tank. And then Anthony Argelis, from, uh, originally from Miami, he's transferring to Virginia Tech, will be making his second start, third appearance. His uh, last time on the hill didn't go great. He gave up uh, in two innings worth of game. He gave up four runs, only two of them earned. Gave up three hits, walked two, struck out two. So you're just kind of hoping that you can get a little bit out of him. And that Bourne can build some momentum against a team that is really scuffling lately. And the late game, Orleans and Chatham. I know it's actually pronounced Chatham, but I just kind of like intentionally saying it wrong to see if people are paying attention. So Chatham, uh, who's surging lately, the Firebirds will be throwing Donye Evans from Vanderbilt. He has thrown pretty well so far, with the exception of his last outing against Hyannis. No disrespect to Chatham, but they are not Hyannis as far as their offensive output is concerned. In fact, um, three and a third was the last outing that Evans threw. Five runs, four of them earned, four hits, one walk, four Ks, and three and a third again. Um, I'm pretty certain that he is uh, liable to have a better outing than the last time he threw, so... We'll find out how Evans is able to perform when uh, when we get there. Owen Stevenson is the probable for Chatham from Arizona State. He's only thrown one appearance so far. He came on in relief and gave a lot of innings in relief, four and a third, with one run on three hits and two strikeouts. So um, he's looked pretty good in his one outing so far. They're going to give him starters innings, and they're going to see what they have in him. That's it for this episode of the Cape League Roundup Podcast. I'm Chris Lynch. We hope you have enjoyed your time with us this morning. We hope you get out and enjoy some beautiful Cape League baseball and make sure that you stay cool, even though it's uh, not as warm here on Cape as it is on the mainland. It is still not exactly um, cold, if you will. So make sure that you keep hydrated. (laughs) 